Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Startup Nightmares. Startup Nightmares is a podcast that aims to inspire those who work in the startup world to do the best work they can the best way possible while dodging some bullets doing so. Let's just be a bit more human here. All of these people started needing stuff from me. Don't feel like you're on your own because you're, you're never on your own. But I'm paying this person a good wage. Why isn't that enough? And that doesn't make me special. What is making me special is my deeper story. People need a sense of purpose to feel motivated in a job. Wake up at five in the morning and like go to the gym for an hour. Like, what the fuck is that? You're sitting at your desk crying and you're like, what happened? I had no idea how to monetize anything. I was like, ah, everybody gets a title. You get a title. You get a title. Either pay me or I will sue you. All of our guests have been to the dark side of the innovation ecosystem and came back to tell their tale. You can use this. This is how you get there. It is not a secret anymore. My name is Tal Shmueli, and I will be your host. <laughs> Nitsanga, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to have you here. So let's kick it off with the basics. Who are you? What do you do? And why do you do it? So my name is Nitsanga. I'm the co-founder and CEO of Click. Click is a venture in the, I'll call it the relationship tech world. I think we're going there. What we're doing is we're basically helping relationship builders, such as community builders, ecosystem builders, be better in what they're doing by using technology, by using online tools. So basically, we have an online platform for them to also manage their internal needs and also create a space for their network, their community come together online and really leverage the opportunities by networking together. I have a lot of whys for this. I'm coming from the entrepreneurship world. So I have another venture. It's called Blush in a different space in the e-commerce meets user-generated content space. And while acting there and while seeing how startups optimize themselves and create a lot of value I also took part in a lot of different communities and I met a lot of different community managers. And somehow I really saw the gap that we have in the market between people who are managing people and creating value to the startup world. Like there, suddenly I saw this huge gap of how these two worlds are working, but they're super apart. And I had this mission to connect them. Like how can we bring the technology, the optimization, like all the time creating more out of each dollar or each hour 
to a space that I truly believe in, which is community building, which is relationship building. Like, how can we help those people create more? And this means that will be more and more value in the market. Maybe if I rephrase, enabling synergies, trying to uh, put a system or a mechanism to allow more one and one to create threes. This is in general right statement, uh, but I think in this case, it was really for me like, how do you take this great vehicle of a startup and put it on something that I'm really interested in solving? Like, how can we use it not to create more dollars, but to create more value in the world? So that was for me like the, Got it. the Got mission it. going in. Good clarification. Thank you. And it's also, a, it used to be the dream of parents, you know, for their daughter to be a doctor, to be an astronaut, to be this or that. But you grew up in a very entrepreneurial household. Yes and no. So, yes. Uh, but in the same time, like both of my parents started as accountants. And this is why I also studied accountant. And I was like at the beginning pushed to finish studies and go and do the, you know, the internship and then be in accounting for some years to like get the, the diploma certification. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't intuitive for them that I like shifted in the middle. But yeah, but of course, what I knew growing up in my home with two accounting parents, but both are in the business world and entrepreneurship. So like for me, it, it all the time seemed like correlated. I was like, oh, you need to study accounting to be this and that, the things that I'm really interested in. And so I thought that was like the right path. But then I learned that there's such a difference between what you study in accounting and what I actually want to do. And that's, that's why I did this jump faster. If you grew up in an entrepreneurial household, even though your parents were accounting, what did they do? They actually did a lot of things like they like growing up, they were in different companies and from companies that were acquired, IPO'd like a lot of different things in different fields. So it was from cyber to beauty to health tech. So a lot of different fields of knowledge that I learned like in our, you know, Shabbat dinners. It was like all about these uh, different deals and, and what's going good and what's like the challenges and all sorts of things. So over dinner, your parents would say something like MVP or product market fit or burn rate? No, because I don't think that, or at least I don't remember from those stages, but I don't think that this, the knowledge was that deep back then. So the terminology like, wasn't there. Exactly. It was okay. like more about like building a business, but from scratch. <laughs> so this was like the mindset. How did the startup life kind of proliferated into your life? Yeah, um, yeah of course. I think... For me, it wasn't about the, the glory moments rather than the actual challenges along the way. What I love the most is talking with them about different stages in the company or different deals that are at the, that moment like stuck for this and that reason. And, and like to think with them, how do you overcome that? Like, how do you gap that in that area or what makes them do one thing or the other? Like really going into their minds and understanding like how do you think about it and then throughout the years like building my own thought about it and like how would i solve those issues is your sister also in tech yes oh, oh no <laughs> what yes. does she do no but i uh, she's a um, coder okay so she's a programmer programmer yeah so as a family did you ever consider starting a company together 
Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We still have a few, I think, uh, ideas. Um, yeah. I, I, sense, I sense a scoop. Can you do the unveiling here? <laughs> we'll, we'll leave it uh, when time is, is right. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. But we'll go back to that uh, hopefully in, few, in a few months. Were you ever approached by an aspiring entrepreneur that said, oh, I want to start my startup. I have this idea. And you advised them not to do it. You picked up on something in the conversation. You said, you know what, Booby? I don't think startups is the right track for you. Yes. Yeah? Yes. How do people respond to that? They see the exits or the IPOs or the amazing posts out there, fundraising processes that all startups succeed. They don't see all the ones that didn't. They don't see that there's a lot of startups that didn't go in and actually raise money. They don't see the, all the startups that slowly like... Dwindled down. Yeah, until... started to be quiet here and there and, and suddenly like they don't exist anymore. And... Even more than that, they don't see the real, you know, the, the real life of an entrepreneur. What you deal with every day, the, the successes, but this is, you do see, but you don't see all the rest. You don't see what's really like the ongoing day-to-day -day stuff. And I think that's what really important. People are usually more talking about it like in closed doors. There's a lot of like show off. In the industry or and you need to like possess some kind of like a, a you need identity. to maintain a you need to maintain a facade of of optimism of relentlessness of can do attitude and there's it's almost illegitimate to admit publicly that some things aren't going as well I think this is like one of the most things that really uh, confuse people from the outside I will say that I think It is important. I think it's important because I think these qualities really are important for being successful as an entrepreneur. But I don't think that it's right to talk only on that. I don't think that it's right to like keep behind all the real struggles, all the real issues. And the fact that like, you know, you, we closed the doors and, and the conversation changed dramatically, the, like between founders with VCs sometimes. And you're looking outside and it seems like everybody got it fixed and got it figured out and it's working for them. So it's not only that you're dealing with a challenge, you believe that you're the only one that is challenged by this and like, how come and what's happening? What am I doing wrong? Exactly. But, and then that's what's, why it's really important to make sure you also understand that there's everybody's went through that at some point, like not no company just like went through like really zero to one successfully, like on a, a straight path to like a, a beautiful hockey stick. Just remember that, just like keep that in mind. We need to all the time. I think from like, we need to manage not only like, you know, employees, founders, sometimes um, investors, market, stuff like that. I think the, the, The hardest job we need to do is to manage our minds. Like literally make sure that we focus and we like keep in mind everything that we need to balance out all the thoughts all the time and make sure that we can keep going successful forward. But I think we already know that it's not always the first that counts. It's not only the first that rushes to the market. There's so many more things. I think also like when we started, when I started Click, um, what was really interesting is that a lot of people and A lot of men that came to me and they were like, no, 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 be careful. You shouldn't go into this. There's like this and that working on it right now. And they're really strong and they started and they actually also had a website live. So a lot of like people, I don't know why, without even knowing me, they're like, just be careful. Maybe you don't need to go into it. And I, I don't need to tell you, but like throughout the way, like these startups disappeared along the way. 
So th this was like a really good point for me. I won't tell you that at the beginning. It's like not something that is, as you said, it's like not a, a good morning to see that and to, and to hear about it. But that's why you need a lot of self-belief in yourself and a lot of understanding that, again, it's not only the first, it's not only who speaks louder or like appears smarter. And there's so many more things that needs to come together. And there are really a few people or a few startups that can actually bring it together. It's not like one thing that someone did faster that makes That's win. actually a very comforting thought. Thank you. So let's talk about Blush. Blush was your first startup. Uh, you founded it as part of the Zelle program in the IDC where you studied. Yes, correct. Talk to us a little bit about uh, joining hands with the founders, the idea, and what the company is. So Blush was co-founded at the Zelle Entrepreneurship Program at the IDC. It's an amazing program that really brings together people from all different faculties at the IDC. So, for example, I came and I didn't know, like, 24 students and I didn't know them before. And immediately I connected to someone from computer science. I don't remember when, but we had this competition at Sears and their innovation center in Herzliya. And they were like this hackathon of one day of building up new ideas in the e-commerce space. I didn't know a lot about e-commerce before. They taught us different things. And then this was like the project that we presented at the end of the day, at the end of the competition. Uh, we won the competition and then we were like, okay, this is something interesting. Let's dive in into this uh, for a minute. And this is like where it was born. And that's how we started actually. And then it was like just going to the market, talking here with some e-commerce in Israel, actually seeing that there was an interest. We actually had like one the first design partner. And just started to run, started to work on it. I think what was really good for us is that we had this e-commerce summit in London that we like we had in mind. We're like, we want to get there. And what we did without understanding that was really helpful is that we did it reverse engineering way. So we said, okay, there's like this, I don't know, it's in May, this summit, we want to be there. What do we need to beat in order to be there? So we need at least one design partner. We need to have like... A month or a few months working with them we need time to make materials and stuff like that like we broke broke it down and then this was really motivating for us and um, to go and like okay it was like okay so we need now to have like one uh, first customer let's go and find that one person a company whatever it worked <laughs> it worked at the end and again we finished the 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 studential year and started the company itself what does the company do Great question. Blush is really connecting between the e-commerce world to user-generated content. Practically, what does it mean? It means that we go into e-commerce stores such as ASOS and like large, really uh, stores that have like a lot of categories, a lot of products and help create a better journey for customers by inserting a lot of different images or posts or stories from social media, from real people who are wearing the product, wearing the trend, just like telling better the story of those products. So you don't only have to see it like in a white background, but actually see how people are, are styling it, how people are going with it. So it really helps, first of all, understand the product and then like really the experience itself on the website. So let's see, I, I saw a trench coat that I'm interested in. I look, so I won't just see the product pack shots like they were uh, photoshopped in the, in the studio. Yeah. I'll see someone who bought that and I'll see their Instagram feed and how they took it on a, on a trip to uh, Warsaw. 
Exactly. You see it, you can see it even a few, on a few people and then you can see like different styles and how you can like fit into one of them. I think like for now it's, it's like more obvious. I think you can see it in, in different places. Back then it was something like more initially, uh, more like very new to the market. Very innovative. And the company chose to be bootstrapped at least for the first part of, uh, of its life, right? I think every, every company chooses to be bootstrapped until it raises. No, really. That's the first act of a startup, like just like starting to run with it. Some join an accelerator, get 100K, run with it. So we actually, no, it was like we were funded a little bit by the Zelle program. So that like the, was the initial and then a, a little bit of angels and then, yeah, and then VCs. You came in as a co-founder and CMO. What do you think that makes the CMO role so challenging? I think what is important about this role is to come in the right time because startups a lot of the time are pushed or not pushed, I'll call it like are motivated to go fast into the market and sell and have like all these users to make sure that no competitor uh, beats them. Yeah. Yes. So that's right. But then again, what I learned from a lot of different startups is that they try to run to the market faster than what they should. So sometimes who the, the, the winning startups are actually the ones that waited, that curated the product to the, the fact that once they're in the market, they have like good, good branding, good positioning, good usability of the product. And that's even more winning than just talking about something and, and having like a bad experience on the product itself. So you have a, you're very action oriented. At least that's how you described your, uh, your connection with the Tomer and Pelagate Plush. On the other hand, you're saying, you know, some of the most successful startups are the ones that have waited longer, that have matured in the dark before they, they saw the light of day. Do you feel that clash in your day-to-day -day when you have to make decisions? Yes, of course, there is this tension, this ongoing tension every time, like even not only in a new product, but actually like when you release a new version, stuff like that. It's all the time the tension between like having something perfect, which isn't smart as a startup, but having it to the right point that you feel is is the good stage perfect to enough. come. Yes, I'm not, it's not perfect in any case. Like I think most of the startups will be perfect in their first years in general. So don't expect that. And again, there's a lot of value of putting it out there in the market and having people test it out and give you a lot of feedback because that's how you really, really learn on your product. So that's why it, it really is an art for me. Like how do you make sure that you're sending it out in the right time? Not like too slow, not too late. This is like a lot of the timing. So how do you do timing. it? Ah. <laughs> Again, I think it's like the, it's a lot. And this is like, I think my, uh, but I, of course men have it too, but this is like a lot of female skills of like intuition. Like you have to like, just, again, there's no right and wrong answer. That's I think the most difficult part in, in startups. There's no right, there's no wrong. You have like all sorts of options and you need to decide every day, every hour, sometimes on different things. But here. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You can use data as much as you want. This is like something that I believe intuition usually wins. And just like understand when you feel is the right step to, to put it out there and just learn. How long did you stay with Blush? Two years. Something like that. Yeah. When you decided to leave, the company was doing well. Definitely. That's a very strange yes. thing. Yes. No. The company was hitting its side. It was growing. Customers were coming on board. Technology was maturing. And there goes Nitsan saying, okay, guys, thank you very much. I'm off. What happened? What was going on? So first of all, it wasn't like that at all. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, no, it wasn't like Au revoir, that. Was, Shoshana, bye. It was a huge process. And even more than the company doing well, I'm like, I, I love the co-founders. Tomer and Peleg, it was like an amazing team and amazing, amazing people. I'm learning until today so much from them. Do you still share an office? No, but we literally, like, I just met, I, I came from, from them. Like, I, I just saw them. No, we don't share an office now in the, in all the COVID cool. scenario. It was hard. It was really hard to make this decision and to go through this process. I think that just like people say, like, you need to know who to marry, but you need to know who to divorce from. I think it's a similar here. I think I learned more about them in the, at the end phase rather than the only during in the beginning. But yeah, eventually, I think my biggest understanding is that this venture world, in order for me to succeed and for me to be valuable to a company, I have to connect to the main goal of the company in my most deepest, deepest place. And I think once I realized that this wasn't the, uh, what's happening at Blush, I had to make sure that, first of all, honest with myself and my co-founders and with the people around it, like, I really understood that for me, I can't, like, as you said before, this, they, like people founders have this persona and stuff like that. I couldn't be that person. I couldn't fake it. And I didn't want to actually. And that's, that's after I understood that there's this other area that I'm really passionate about. And I think it's not only like a self-realization. I think it's really important for for. Founders in general to really connect to what they're doing. I think just from learning that like, this is, a, again, a hard process, a long process. And for me, it was really important to do that on something that I really, really cared about the end result that I know that I'll be here and I'll make sure that I'm solving this when, whenever, however, and stuff like that. But I'm working in order to, to solve this bigger, bigger mission. How did you break the news to them? Communication. It was just like, you know, just like talking because they know me. It wasn't like a shocking thing for them. This makes sense for them, I think. <laughs> But it was just like 
talking about it and really explaining the fact that it's not only it's like it's also for the company actually if you think about it and just making sure that everything was on their terms in order to make sure that the company isn't affected by this or at least as possible and even like once leaving i think i was totally there for any like issue challenge brainstorming stuff like that they can always like we had this different meetings that was there just like to think about it to create new products to think about new like revenue models whatever it is like a consultant but it wasn't like in any it, it didn't have limits or stuff like that they, they knew that you can always like call and then i'm interested just to make sure that the company does as best as possible for those who are considering startups as a, as a career, not just a tour of duty, these types of separations are going to happen naturally, sometimes more naturally than, than, than other times. And I think your healthy and clean separation protocol that you've intuitively put in place allowed you to, A, keep blush in its track, and B, live and set up on your new venture with the right positive momentum when you're still feeding off the great energy and learning and, and relationships you've built. And that is so critical, especially when considering the community-oriented approach. You can't burn bridges, even if it means that for a while you'll have to spend less time on your new venture and still hold hands and, and be there for the people who, who you've worked with until that point. And I think that's beautiful. Totally. I can't stress enough how much it's important in this industry to be much more long-term oriented than like short-term wins and, and egos. Um, I think the relationship here is something that I believe I understood to a point back then, but now I really understand the value of it. And they were like amazing. They they actually like really helped also at the beginning of Click. They help in different ways, like from a tech perspective and stuff like that. And that's super non-obvious. Your founders from the first company to help you build the second one. Um, so I think that like says a lot about them. And you're right, in the end of the day, we're so specifically here in Israel, it's so tight. It's so close. People need to think more about the, the longer term relationship rather than just like what I can like win right now with. And this is something that really proved itself in the longer, in the longer run. Another part of that protocol is, you know, no surprises. You said that when you started communicating your, your, your new focus, they weren't surprised. They knew you, they knew your values, they knew your intentions. So it wasn't like news. It wasn't dramatized. Again, it's not like a, it's not a, a day-to-day thing to, to hear that, but, but yeah. And I think that's super powerful. Being able to communicate continuously to minimize the surprises, these types of separations, you know, they're super, super natural. And being tied and, and feeling bad about breaking the news, you know, it shouldn't be news. Talk to me a little bit about communication amongst founders. I think communicating or the communication around founders is one of the most important thing in a startup. Making sure that you're speaking, you're understanding, you're clear with one another about what it is that your expectations are from one another, what it is that is important to you, what it is that you care about, what it is that you're struggling at. It's really strong. And, and I took something that we actually like learned in the Zell program from this mentor of con- conflicting um, resolutions. And he told us like he had this thing that he called a session that is called heart to heart, where you literally take time of the day, put a slot in the calendar that is called H2H. 
and you take time to talk. And this is something that sounds obvious, but actually, if you think about it, most of the time we will just run and run and run and until we can and we, we don't have to stop and talk. Not all the time we will do it because it's not comfortable, because we don't know how to do it sometimes, because we don't want to tackle it right now. We're in a momentum, whatever it is. I think that's like the first thing that will go out of the, the schedule. And that's why it's really important to literally have it blocked in the calendar. So this is something we, we did at Blush. And this is something that I took also to click. I think it's really important to invest time specifically. And, and again, I try to do it even like when we feel the starting of the tension. Like, how do you make sure that this isn't coming to something that is really like sitting on someone and, and they have a lot of um, baggage about but like how do you just like just talk about it from really the the beginning of it so is there a structure to a heart to heart session the classic one does have a structure but I think now I tried to reinvent it so the actual structure that he taught us is actually when we want to say something that we need to say it but the other person isn't answering the other person needs to to mirror it just to needs to say what he heard from you And I need to accept that. So I'll say something that I felt and you don't answer. Your mission is to focus on explaining it back to me. Just like saying what I said or how you heard what I said until a point that I said, yes, this is what I meant. And it takes some times because usually people like I can say something and someone else will say, oh, I can say X and someone else will say, oh, you feel Y. And I'm like, no, no, no. And it will help me even sometimes to clarify it, to make sure that, oh, I didn't touch the point. No, I, I meant that, this and that. So it will really help bridge the gaps of communication that we don't even understand that we're not saying and the other person isn't understanding. How often would you have those conversations? The best practice, I'll call it, which I don't believe in best practices, and we can talk about that. I think it's like every few weeks, but... Oh, okay, okay. No, so no. it's not like a weekly thing, let's talk about our feelings. No, it's not. It's not. No, it's not. This, no, no, no. So no, I'm speaking more like from like how we do it today. It's more when we sense something is bothering someone and that person doesn't need to come and say it's bothering for me. I like I accept expect one another just to say like, let's let's have a lunch. Let's have a coffee. Let's like let's have time to talk, talk it and not like leave someone with this feeling but on a weekly basis we're doing something that hopefully will prevent that as well i just uh, wrote a post about it on linkedin it's called we have like every week we have this weekly meeting when we have like this you know you summarize the the week each one presents whatever it is that they're doing projects stuff like that but what we add to that is something that is called the insight of the week and this is Like I'm waiting for this every week and everybody knows it. This is the, um, it started with like, like a five, 10 minutes, but I think it's, it's growing that every person needs to bring in their insight or a dilemma that they're facing. And this really, really helps. First of all, people be more insightful about themselves. Because you have to come prepared. Yes. They're thinking about it. Yeah. They're coming and they know, they usually know what they want to say. And it can be like something that someone heard in a lecture. It can be like a really interesting TED talk that someone heard. It can be a book. It can be something that a client said and, can, and we should all hear about and think about. It can be an idea. It can be something that is bothering me. 
and I'd like to fix. It can be a workflow that isn't working. It can be actually um chet we're saying in, in Hebrew. It could be like a positive, positive reinforcement. Yes, yeah. it was like, yeah, <laughs> that person really helped me this week. And I wanted to say that that was amazing. Uh, so many things, but the true value of it is that you really understand where everybody is in their mindset right now. Because usually you're, you're bringing what's most... like sitting on you and sitting on your mind. And so that's a really good way to understand where is everybody at and also learn from one another. What is it that they, they saw this week? What is it that they're dealing with? And also suggest solutions sometimes, also work on something differently after that. So this is a great way to do it. That's the difference. That's what I found was interesting. about you because you make it a part of your job it's not something you flick on when you need it you constantly do it listen I'm a, my, my whole adventure is built on relationship building because I really believe that we need to look at things differently it's not like for me I, I don't like the thought of networking as it is right now it's not just like don't go just for people and you know network for the sake of networking It's a different mindset. It's a different mission. It's really going out there and not trying to create this next deal, but actually seeing the person behind. It's not a protocol. It's like looking so much more deeper and understanding that person and, and thinking about that person and seeing, again, seeing them as long-term. I'm, I'm repeating the word, but someone who can be there for so much more time and not only like one-time thing and close. And I think that's, and this is a, another topic, but that's like why I think sales is doing something wrong because it's a lot of the time just like okay pushing them to into a funnel go no go buy if it's a no go it will like disconnect this is something not smart to my opinion like you shouldn't just like approach people because you want something and if you don't get it so leave it alone startups or companies that are a little more strapped for resources and you know they hire more junior folks that don't see long term they just want to make their quota uh, it's a little harder to um, encourage them to build that but i think if you've, you've been in the in the game long enough you naturally evolve into that type of a person and if not a startup will come in and disrupt that company so again it's not like we're not living in a vacuum it's not like okay i, I did this until now i'll keep on doing it and make sense every person needs to understand that if We won't, if every person won't like just evolve all the time and understand what's going on in the market and, and innovate, there'll, there'll come a company or there'll come a solution or a technology that will innovate for them and, and disrupt it. How do you find time to mentor the people you've just hired to bring them up to speed in your how-tos and your standards? There should be someone in the company and a lot of the times it, it can be the CEO, it doesn't have to be, but... There's a lot of like managing expectations, a lot of like understanding or just like sharing more about what is it that you care about, presenting more your values, like making sure that you're stating the values of what is important, what are we living by and how do you make decisions? Principles here. So many so many things like this is an ongoing job and, and as the pro, and as the startup progresses, also this needs to progress. It's like an ongoing job is a never ending. So again, I think this is like part of the role of building a, a startup. Trust yourself. What advice would you give to women who find themselves as the only female in a room full of dudes? Yes, it's not a fire. <laughs> it's not what you expected in fire. Unfortunately, we still deal with it a lot. Like a lot of the meetings is with a group of uh, men in the other side. 
but again, this is the industry. This is the playground. So first of all, just like take it into consideration. I think it's a lot about, you know, your energy and your self-belief when you're coming in, like literally walking into that room. And it takes a lot of confidence. I think women built their confidence by being more and more ready for those meetings. So I think it makes women prepare more. Um, so that's actually a good thing. For, for some point, but it's like prepare as much as you need in order to be confident in that room, for example. So if you need to do it a little more, that's okay, but, but build yourself to make sure that you're sitting and you're leveling with the person before you. And again, just, it's like, it's something that you, it's like a mantra. Just remember that, you know, sometimes like acting tough or speaking tough doesn't mean that someone understands more than you do in your adventure. So it's like, just keep in mind those factors and the fact that you know what you're doing and, and give it the best. And what advice would you give men who find themselves in a room full of guys with only one female? So for them, I also have a lot of different uh, advice. But the first of all, I think one important or interesting thing that I learned in my dance classes is like sometimes I see this one, one male there, like one man just... Uh, dancing with us so 20 women dancing and then there's one dude yes looks yes. a little odd like hey exactly okay. exactly so as much as sometimes he will know to do the dances and will can like potentially fit in you can always see that it's uncomfortable for him at the beginning he's like always in the side like takes time some you know you, you can see when someone is not comfortable uh, with what they're doing but i totally admire them for coming in and doing that so i think that's a really good point of view to everyone who wants to understand like how we feel sometimes just to go to one class. And first of all, you can learn a lot from the fact that most of the people, like most of the guys I'll say to won't go. And just, just from that, understand how much is scary and how much you need to be brave in order just to put yourself in that situation. So I'm calling everybody who's listening right now to go there and just like sign up to one dancing class and, and see how it is. And, and you can feel just from the fact that you will probably won't do it, how much it's like, you, you can't even think about it. It's like, so we literally think of what's happening on the other side. I think that's terrific advice. You told us a little bit about uh, a CRM for ecosystem builders and so on. Describe to us a little bit about the company. What does it do? Where is it in its life cycle? So first of all, we are building uh, a solution for ecosystem builders, for community builders, really to help them, as I said before, also internally in their job and externally with their uh, network. The company is after pre-seed, we're running well, we have a live product, we have design partners in the market, some here in Israel, some in the US, mostly in Europe, a different kind of ecosystem, different kind of, um, of organizations that are based on networks, accelerators, funds, different vertical ecosystems, for example, all sorts of organizations that are, again, their job is to create value for the market, create value for different stakeholders and connect between the different stakeholders. And this is totally where the market is going. This is where COVID has even pushed us so much forward. I think that's an amazing aspect of it. So that's where we are right now. And How many people are in the company? We're seven people. So if you think about it, our ecosystem is built on 
startups and entrepreneurs, is built on investors and built on educational organizations. Government is taking a big role. Public sector is taking a big role. So Service providers. So many people, so many different stakeholders who are all coming, who are all part of this ecosystem. And like in order to make this ecosystem works, there should be a lot of synergy, should be a lot of, a lot of possibilities to connect and collaborate smartly with one another. Um, and also here, I think collaboration. Collaboration is something that is really important in the ecosystem to think on not like how do you compete, but how do you connect with people and work together on different things. I think we're going there with the ecosystem. And in general, I think that's a really important aspect. You can see it today in COVID, like a lot of startups start join forces with other startups to, to be stronger, to create unique or new value proposition. And I think we should focus more on, on building a smart, effective ecosystem in order to make sure that everybody's growing together. I ask this question every episode, and I think that's the best answer we've received so far. So thank you very much for that. Yes. Where should people go to learn more about uh, you and the work you guys are doing? Click.ai website. I have this podcast with the amazing uh, Inbal Perlman from uh, Google for Startups. Um, the podcast so they're, is called The Connectors. The Connectors, right. Uh, exactly for the people who are working in connecting different people and different ecosystems. So that's like a space to learn more about the subject itself. We can't wait to hear what's next for you guys. Thank you so, so much. Perfect. Thank you for inviting. It was really fun. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.